Hello, welcome to Court and Call episode 16. Can't believe we're already on 16 episodes. Where does the time go? On tonight's edition, I am very excited to be talking with the cast of Seminar. Seminar is our upcoming audio summer production, which will debut next week. Please check out nodramatheatre.com and all of our social media websites and pages to keep an eye out on how you can download and have access to the streaming to hear Seminar and enjoy it. It's an event, bright ticket system, and details will be released very soon in the next few days. I was very, very excited and thankful that Andre, Jane, Sorka, Greg and John sat down with me and had a chat. We chatted with Karina, the director of the piece, Karina Reichler, last week. It was very, very, very thoughtful and insightful conversation. Thank you for everyone who has downloaded the episode so far. Got us back on the ranking, so hopefully we can thrive upon that and reach the top three or even higher again. I'm not going to be there around the push. We'll get started with the guys from Seminar. And just to give you a little hint of what is to come when Seminar debuts next weekend. Seminar premiered on Broadway 10 years ago. It is written by Teresa Rebeck. The lead role of Leonard was popularised by Alan Rickman, of course. And it was a big success. The plot basically is, the play is set in present day New York City. Seminar follows four young writers, Kate, Martin, Douglas and Izzy and their professor Leonard. Each student has paid Leonard $5,000 for a 10-week writing seminar to be held in Kate's Upper West Side apartment. As tensions arise and romance falls, they clash over their writing, their relation and their futures. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome to the podcast, Andre Callanan, Sorka Healy, Jane Tui, Greg Freegrove and John Lawler. And I am delighted now joining me on the line, the cast from Seminar, as some of you know who listen. I was assistant director for No Drama's upcoming play, Seminar, which is now an audio play. Listen back to Court and Call with my conversation with Karina last week and you'll get the gist of it anyway. But I'm delighted to be joined by Andre, Jane and Sorka. Greg and John too. Andre was a guest on Court and Call before. The girls are new to the podcast. So welcome, ladies. Thank Hi, you. Sean. And welcome back, Andre, Hi, as well. We won't forget you. Good to really be back. Really great to have you on. I'm just going to have a little chat about Seminar. We're very excited about it. We put a lot of work into it. It's going to be streaming on the 17th, 18th and 19th of June. Please look up the No Drama socials for more information. We'll be filling you in in the coming week or so. But guys, you're very, very welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Thanks for having me, Thanks, Sean. You're very, very welcome. I guess we get started with just generic questions. It's not going to be too hard hitting, as I said. But I'll start with yourself, Mr. Callanan, if you don't mind. If you would like to say what character you are playing in Seminar and just give us a little insight without giving too much away, mind you. We don't want to, uh, we don't want to spoiler alert this for, for the listeners uh, next weekend. But if you can just t- tell us about the, the, your part in the play, the character, and just a little bit of, a, I guess, a background information. What sort of person is going to love this character? So I play in the role of Douglas, who I suppose he's very much like, uh, he's very much steeped in uh, the writer's world. He very much wants to be part of the, I suppose you might call it the circle jerk of writers who are, <laughs> you know, the, the, it, that, that elite group of very well-respected writers. He wants in on that. Okay. He's sort of, he's not, he's not the most self-aware either. Okay. He, um, he constantly, maybe be a bit, bit of a name dropper or an, always trying to you know make himself look good is he vain vain you know what I, I wouldn't describe him as vain he's an odd kind of character to to, to pin down really 
because he he may do and say things that seem a bit pretentious okay or kind of up himself a bit but then he'll come out with the way or the way he might deliver it will be in such kind of a sort of naive almost a naive sort of fashion that you kind of think that he's just kind of saying the first thing on his mind almost okay rather than trying to impress and what was it about seminar that drew you to it andre when when you read it for us was there anything that stood out that made you think okay well i'd like to be a part of this it was mainly the interactions between the other characters i thought each of them kind of the different relationships each one has with each other really kind of drew me into it and i thought it would be a lot of fun to be part of this and to bring it to life almost and I, i just kind of when i read it i started picturing you know i immediately pictured like well how I would maybe do this and that. And it just kind of drew me in further and further as I read. Jane, I'll go on to you next. If you want to do just something similar to Andre, I guess what sort of person is going to love this character? You can tell us a little bit about the character, the name of the character you play. Does she relate to you in any way? So I'm playing Kate. And does she relate to me in any way? In a lot of of ways. She's well off. She's a writer who has kind of been toiling away, I suppose, on a story for about six years. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the one who organizes the writing seminar and it's being held in her apartment. She knows one of the characters, Martin, from high school. Mm-hmm. And she's just, she's a very contradictory character. And I think that's what's so much fun about her. And it's a great role to play because she's she's very assertive, um, but there's a fragility as well to her. Okay. Um, she's very self-deprecating. She is aware of other people's perception of her. Um, sometimes she might nearly play almost to their perception of her. I think she's a very honest character, but she's also pragmatic. She's not as ethical, let's say, as Martin. You know, she's someone who, she's a bit prim, and I think, but she's funny, she's witty. Um, she doesn't take herself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's the one that she organizes, I think, the writing seminar for her. I think she's someone that hasn't had a lot of experiences in life. Um, she hasn't struggled. I mean, she's well off. She might have had her own personal struggles. I mean, that's not written into the play, but I feel that she's someone's probably had someone that's, you know, people will take her somewhat as fa- at face value. And because she's so assertive, may not appreciate that. She's someone that is very comfortable. I think it's also about her relationship somewhat with Martin. And also, I think with the relationship with Leonard, just kind of that relationship in terms of the teacher a student relationship that she has with Leonard. Mm-hmm. You know, I think all the characters are there um, to learn. We all want to be criticised, but is there, there comes an extent where you kind of, she's a character that looks for validation, but only from the right people. Not everyone's opinion is going to matter to her. And I think it's also that element of how much validation does she need? And is there a fine line between that, which is, you know, is there a fine line between constructive criticism and a criticism which she might view as abusive? Okay. Um, so, yeah, she's a great, um, I think, do I resonate with her? Yeah, there's loads of things. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of case, I think, in me. And even some of it, when I read it initially, um, some of the lines resonated because there were nearly lines that I would have used. I won't say them. I'll say them at the after party. You know? Okay. <laughs> we don't <laughs> want to give too much things. away, as I said earlier. Yeah, on. and I think some of the things, the way I suppose she's viewed by men and also her struggle as well to be heard as well. I think, you know, she is aware that she's in it a world which is dominated by men and a world which somewhat celebrates the struggle of men rather than women. Okay. And I think she's a feminist, but in the sense that she's a feminist in the sense that she is someone that can appreciate that women are not perfect either. 
they will use and do whatever they want to do to progress as well in life. And I think for me that, and that personally resonates because I think that that's what feminism is about. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. women are perfect. Sure. Um, granted, we're more perfect than way more perfect than <clears throat> I think that, but that that's her. She's someone who wants to be heard. Okay. In man's world. Okay. Very yeah. good. Excellent stuff. And so, okay, what sort of person is going to love your character? Who is she for a start? You'd like to give us a little bit of a background there. Similar yeah, to the guys who's so, done before. Well, I play Izzy, mm-hmm. whom I fell in love with pretty much straight away when I read the script. Yeah. She's a very <laughs> she's a very fun, competent, quite feisty young woman. Okay. Um, you know, she's very much so unapologetically herself from the get-go, which it's quite a refreshing role, I think, for a woman, um, especially the fact, you know, it's it's set with writers and in New York, which can, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, you know yourself, like a writer's room is can be still, even now, um, quite a male-dominant place. So yes. I think, it, you know, it's unfortunate, and there's so many great, uh, you know, women writers, and, and it's great, and we're definitely getting better, but you know, it's definitely still there. And I think with Izzy, I found her very much, you know, she knew she was good enough to be there. She was confident enough to be there. And it was great. You know, it was, and at the same time, you know, she's, she's a good looking girl. She's a bit of a flirt, you know, she's, she knows what she's doing, but in, in a sense of like, you know, she's intelligent. She's not, you know, she's being sassy and and, and smart, but she's not, you know, necessarily using, flirting and 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 things that people might stereotypically think women do to her advantage but she's still you know she's a confident woman she's gonna do you know she's gonna do what she needs to do in the the most ethical way most of the time (laughs) Um, with that said you think she's a likable character you know what i hope so and if she's not very likable you know maybe maybe i didn't do her justice because i like her yeah and i hope women like her and i think it's you know quite often there is roles mm-hmm. like similar to Izzy that women play and it can be the kind of you know girl and she's a flirt and she does this to get what she wants and yeah it's just it's just not the case like yeah, yeah, yeah. she knows she knows exactly what she's doing she's extremely intelligent in what yeah. she's doing and you know she's a bit of crack and she's confident and I think you know we all need a bit more confidence in ourselves these days whether it's women men anybody we like confidence we're all lacking it whether it's like social media and all that we're just all constantly questioning ourselves so this it was just super refreshing to be able to play somebody that like not to repeat myself but you know was unapologetically herself and and wasn't afraid of that and who she was and you know I hope people people like her for that and they don't and and they see her the way that I see her excellent stuff no people will like her I know they will we have been joined on the line now by the fabulous John Lawler John welcome to the call how are you doing not too bad not too bad how are you getting on guys we're doing great i'm just asking the guys questions just to give a little introduction to the character that they are playing in seminar and i guess what traits the audience would like what sort of person's going to love this character and i guess does the character relate in any way to you personally without giving too much away of course so if you wouldn't mind just introducing us to the character you're playing and your role in seminar i i play the character of leonard in the play he's like the teacher uh, he's uh, leading this sort of seminar that that brings the sort of characters together. Uh, he he really wants to get the best out of people, and and he he sort of 
does that by really pushing people and and not kind of sugarcoating it. He 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 just sort of steam steamrolls through people's emotions. It's like a tough love, if you will. But uh, yeah, there's some funny lines in the play because he he just um, yeah he just uh, uh, eviscerates people. Um, basically, he uh, tries to shake people out of their comfort zone and their pretensions or whatever to try and get the best out of them. But um, that can kind of lead to some uh, sort of very biting comic lines. And um, we would like to welcome. Mr. Greg Freegrove onto the call now. Greg, hello. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. All right, Greg. Thanks for joining us. Great. We let oh, you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, Greg. Let you do your introduction now. Just tell us the character you're playing in Seminar and a little bit about him. What sort of person is he? What sort of person is going to like this character? And you <laughs> Nobody. <think> he, he... <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> sure someone out there is going to like him. Who do you play for a start? So I'm playing Martin in seminar and Martin is one of the um, students who's come along to try and get uh, some wise words from Leonard and try and improve himself as a writer. Martin is not the, oh, how to describe Martin? Um, <laughs> he's, well, he's friends with Kate, so they have that relationship from the start. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a spoiler. And then he doesn't really know anyone else in the group too well. I suppose as it develops on, his but everyone's personality comes out and Martin's is not the most likable, maybe. He's okay. He's all right, bloke. But um, I think he's maybe a little bit immature. Would that be fair to say? Would everyone agree with that? <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit immature, uh, maybe a little bit emotionally. He's not the worst. He's not, he's not <laughs> the villain of the piece. Like he's not, Absolutely. There's know, no villains in this piece. Trying to poison anyone or anything. But uh, no, he's... Uh, He's he's eager and he's earnest okay. about writing. He's very earnest about writing. He's very serious about writing, uh, even though he kind of has a bit more of a lighthearted personality. Okay. But uh, when it comes to writing, he's very serious. And he does want to actually improve. He really wants to become a better writer. And he thinks that Leonard uh, can do this in the seminar. Excellent stuff. I'm going to go on with another question. I'll start with you again, Andre. We'll, go, we'll do it this way around like we've done previously. I guess, what was the biggest challenge about taking on this role in this piece for you? Being someone I most certainly am not, I suppose. Um, Douglas is very much uh, the antithesis of who I am in terms of the sort of bragginess or I've never been someone who talks about himself as much as Douglas would. The fact that it was virtual production, uh, sure. doing, doing everything through through Zoom, Zoom is like a, just like a totally different ball game with regards to acting. I mean, you're acting in front of uh, your laptop or whatever is sure. very, very difficult. Yeah, that was by far the biggest challenge. For you. What about you, Jane? Um, so for me, it was the first time I actually did a comedy. Um, I've I never that, been You're quite funny, Jane. I find it hard to believe. It's, I thought you were going to be natural. No, honestly, Maybe I'm God, kind honestly. of... Funny enough, I'm always drawn to things that are kind of a bit deep and dark. And yeah. I do enjoy playing women that are complicated. And I think sure. Kate is a complicated um, person. So I do enjoy that part of it. But what's the first time that I did it? Uh, with something, I suppose I never want to do something that's kind of close to who I am as a person. In terms of playing a comedy, I suppose it's... I mean, comedy is about truth, but I think there's a fine line as well that you can't allow that truth to kill the comedy. Absolutely. So because I would come from more of, you know, you know, placing such a huge emphasis on truth that I, I kind of had to adjust how to act, I think, for, for, for this um, play. 
Um, now, of course, it is a dark comedy and you do want to bring some sense of depth as well to the character. Sure. But I suppose that was the number that was initially um, when I saw that it was a comedy, even though I did really enjoy all the lines and it felt close to me. But I was kind of unsure as to whether I could play her well enough. And I think, again, Zoom, doing it on Zoom. Sure. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's much different when you have someone in the room and you're actually looking at them in their eyes. I think it's all about the connection as well between the characters. And I think we did a really good job. And, an and then we job. all connected over Zoom, but you still, you like someone to be present. You want to be looking at them in your in their eyes. That's for me. That's what works for me, just to really connect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Very much so. I think everyone would agree. What about you, Sorka? Challenges when it comes to playing Izzy and this role in general? Yeah, I, I probably very similar to Jane and Andre. I think from the get-go, um, you know, Izzy's character would have, you know, the least amount of dialogue. Okay. And a lot of her, you know, a lot of her as a person is shown through her body language and chemistry um, with the cast. So I was kind of a bit, you know, I panicked a little bit to be like, okay, how am I going <laughs> to do this girl justice without um, like what the guys are saying, you know, without actual eye contact and, and, you know, true to life chemistry. But it actually made me just the positive side to that, whereas it initially scared me a lot was that I actually got to look at Izzy quite deeply and um, strip her back more so than I I really would have beforehand when we were, if we had been all been together. So I really had to kind of look at her. Yeah. Um, without having the body language and the chemistry and and just her as a person and what who she was and what she brought and and the layers to her, so it turned out to be you know as an actor it was a great challenge and, yeah. and it was great because I I kind of found a part of her and what I initially thought that she might have been you know the flirt like impressing the boys and that like again not giving too much away but I think really who she looked up to and wanted approval of was for Kate Jane's character um, okay. and I don't know I don't know if I really would have I mean I got I would have got it a bit but I don't think I would have got it to the extent of um if we had been in the room initially so I'm kind of I enjoyed that challenge but again like the guys were saying because of her the, the little um the smaller amount of dialogue it definitely the body language would have would have been great to kind of Helped show her show who she was yeah i think she's a very domineering person in her room uh john what about you and challenges for the role um, of leonard yeah, yeah i mean i think um the, the others sort of covered it well there but i suppose um it was the first time uh, like auditioning on zoom which sure. was a very sort of new experience i'm 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 a bit of a luddite i'm not up on the self-taping and you know when i was starting out if you sent out a paper CV and a you know a very expensive photograph that sure. had been developed in a lab kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Where obviously you know with social media and all that's everything's online now. But uh, it was it was both good and bad because if you're auditioning, you could kind of like uh, I used one of the monologues as an audition for us, and you know did I was able to do that a couple of times. I was able to do that about three or four times before yeah. kind of putting it in. Where obviously if you're auditioning and you walk in the room. The first time you do it, that's that's your take, you know, in in live 3D, you know, audition environment. But with with Zoom, you could 
you could kind of work it up and you could do a couple of different takes and put your best take forward. But sure. even the process of uh, the audition and then you're broken into breakout rooms and yeah, yeah that was all very new, you know. But very much maybe it's daunting to do it. stuff online as well. I find for some people, you know, you're like, oh, I think some people are scared. I'm, about, I'm very, I'm a bit of a technophobe myself. You're, you're scared of it almost. It's like, oh. And it's an extra kind of added hassle in a way. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole new world, but but um, not necessarily a bad one. No. And Greg, what about you? Challenges when it came to portraying the role of Martin, if there was any? Well, again, I, I kind of describe him as maybe not too likable. I don't know if it's that he's unlikable. Just he's not. <laughs> some of his, his uh, what would say, motives are can be a bit not immoral. What would you say? Cheap or? Underhanded. Know, underhanded, maybe, yeah. I do know, one of the challenges is kind of he I suppose there's a few parts of the play where he gets a bit emotional about things. Mm-hmm. Um and when we were first rehearsing on Zoom, first of all, when we first started on Zoom, I didn't like it at all. And then he kind of got used to it. But I found for those, you know, as everyone's saying, being in a room is, you know, just a hundred times obviously better than Zoom. So what the room I was doing the rehearsals in, I found okay, I'll I'll try and get some of this physicality out or some of this energy out through walking around or you know some movement and um, but then you find yourself at the back of the room when you turn around to face the person you're having this scene with to look at them they're a little box at the end of the room on the laptop so you kind of have to scurry back and see okay where's where's Jane Doyle there she is you know um so that became frustrating and that you, so then we almost had to adapt then to just sitting looking at the screen and trying to get it out as much as you could through just by sitting, yeah, but to yeah. try and get the same emotion out, sure. um, out that way, which um, became a bit kind of constraining. Yeah, well, then he got used to it and it was fine. But then by the end, I mean, just would have given anything to obviously be in a room with all of these guys to do it because uh, I think we just hit a plateau of of what we could do, and the next yeah. stage was to to get quality into it, you know. Yeah, but Martin himself, uh, yeah, no, he's just. It was, you know, I suppose you, you kind of open yourself up for every character you play. For him, I suppose, the emotional stuff he, he gets into, um, yeah, it was a bit more raw. There's a few more raw scenes for him. So they sometimes could be challenging. But when you've got these people in front of you who are acting opposite you, it was very easy because they're just so good, you know. Yeah, but they're tooting their own horn. Yes, I agree. Be gone with Zoom. We'll be doing it on stage next year, hopefully. But I mean, it was very difficult and challenging and disappointing to have to do it on Zoom at first. But I think we all kind of just got used to the idea and everybody put their absolute 100 and billion trillion percent into it and gave great performances. And I know the audience is going to love it. But just I was chatting with Karina last week on the last edition of Court Column. We were just talking about kind of the play in general. A lot of people think it's very provocative. I don't. What are your thoughts on that? I know the piece is quite contemporary, but I think there's a bit of a romantic, even if it's slightly tainted or, or slanted you could say there's a romantic old school element to it as well and i think it's a bit more of like innocence meeting experience and when the two words collide yeah magic happens within that i didn't really get a provocative tone off this play even when i read it first what do you guys have to say about it or think about that do you think it's provocative or, or would you disagree provocative how as in there, provocative but, uh... in the sense that there's kind of a well i guess a lot of people relate provocative things with a kind of sexual nature or a, a adult not adult team in the sense that it's, it's dirty but i mean it, it pushes buttons in a, in a way to kept people thinking and well i think great artists are supposed to do it anyway but you know people think it's controversial maybe controversial is a better word than provocative yeah actually i think there are some controversial parts to it jane what about you i can see where originally i think there was um 
some review done because originally when I looked at the play, I'm not going to lie, I didn't read the play. I looked up the reviews. For <laughs> when I saw it announced, I did. I looked up the reviews and there was a review that popped up um, okay. and they said, you know, that it wasn't um, a play that did any justice to women. Okay. Um, they were a bit more blunt than that. Okay. Um, we live in a world now where sometimes there is... We're very, people are very self-righteous. Mm-hmm. Um, we all are. I'm self-righteous. So we all are very self-righteous at times. Sure, agree, and I yeah. think um, art, it's, you know, it's not about being self-righteous. It's about truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and certain things happen in the play, which are very truthful to life. Very much. Um, women do certain things. Men do certain things. Um, mm-hmm. Relationships um, happen people manipulate others women manipulate others and I think so I think if you're finding an agenda or if you're going to watch a play or going to see any form of art and you're coming with an agenda you'll find that agenda in it sure of course um, and yeah, so personally I don't find that the play is provocative I do think that it asks questions of the audience it doesn't necessarily answer those questions it's also as well about the struggle between as I was kind of saying earlier about um relationship that writers especially you know adult writers or even as an actor as well when you attend acting classes mm-hmm. and you know that relationship that you have with the teacher and to what extent does the teacher criticize you um, and what's allowed like I suppose I mean I come from a large family so criticism being going on <laughs> yeah, used to it, of course. you know it's, <laughs> that's it you know so and um, you can't be used to it. but now we kind of I think people are going to the other stream and you can't give criticism it's not almost deemed abuse sure. I think constructive criticism nobody likes it and I think that's what Lena does um, and I think for Kate you know she reckoned so I don't think it's provocative like that kind of teacher and student relationship I don't find it provocative I don't want to give too much away but it might be deemed by others to be provocative but again it's, it depends on what yeah. you you know basically you have, yeah if you're having an agenda I think with this play you will or a particular agenda you will find it the fun no that's wonderful um, you put Jane I have to and say I wouldn't put I wouldn't personally I wouldn't play and it's the same with Daisy as well we are very strong women in this play we are very assertive we have mm. our own vulnerabilities and it's the same, Kate respects Izzy for who she is. Um, we're all dysfunctional, um, but, uh, we're, you know, I think we're, in some ways, we might manipulate more than men. <laughs> like, you know, we're really putting ourselves out there, out there to be successful writers, yeah. more so than I would say um, some of the men <laughs> okay. in the group. So um, I don't see it. I know what you're saying is provocative in that sense. Yeah, um, you can see where they're coming from with the, the thinking, but you don't necessarily agree, yeah. No, definitely not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be interested in a role um, that isn't. I, I wouldn't be interested in playing someone that isn't strong, isn't assertive, isn't sure. complicated. She's contradictory. We all are. That's you. You know. That's what it means. For the way it is. So, yeah. Great stuff. What about you, Sarka? Yeah, I completely like. I completely disagree with okay. like the thought of it being provocative. If anything, it's completely honest. That's why I loved it. It's pure. Listen, this is for young writers in New York City, one of the sexiest, coolest cities in the world. And they're all trying to make it writing. Um, So they're all very clearly intelligent, you know, emotional, deep people. So, of course, like things are going to happen and relationships are formed and life. 
<laughs> life. That's like, that's real. That's actually what happens. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't think there's anything controversial about that. Look, I get, I understand yeah. why people might think it's a bit. See, a lot of writers as well are doing reviews. They like to make a name for themselves. So they will yeah. you know, plant on articles or reviews they're writing. So people will blow, blow up and all the attention that will be put on think- them. Yeah, yeah. I have to agree with what Jane is saying. It's like in terms of the women in it, like we're just very assertive, confident women. And if people think that's provocative, then they'd want to just have like go back in time. It's ridiculous. Like that's not provocative. That should be celebrated. Do you know what I mean? That's very not. That's to me, it's not provocative. I think it's it's honest. It's real life. It's it's very. I personally think it's relatable. Maybe not. You know, being a writer in New York is relatable to anybody. Of course, sure. it's not. But being, you know, trying to make it in a career that you love in a in a big city where you feel insignificant couldn't be more relatable. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So basically, no, I don't think it's productive. But um, yeah, that's that's what that's I your think. Take on it. <laughs> Do I think the play it could be seen as provocative? Yeah, possibly it could be. Like Jane, I kind of read a few reviews and one of the reviews is kind of saying, without giving too much away, is that uh, the writer who I considered to be very much a, a sort of feminist writer, um, that she was accused of being a kind of an apologist for sort of toxic male behavior mm-hmm. or, you know, the patriarchy and stuff like that. Sure. Um, I, I don't think she was doing that. I think she was kind of trying to look deeper. And, and I think pretty much all the characters in the play, they're not just uh, like a cliche or like a sort of written as a feminist cliche or indeed any other kind of cliche. They're, they're, they're all quite rounded and they have their flaws and they have their, their good qualities and their bad qualities. And although the play does sort of present characters that you could see as being, you know, manipulative or pretentious or toxic, I, I think she kind of handles that quite well and, and that there's a sort of a dimensionality to the characters and they're not just one dimensional like toxic male or mm. one dimensional the the pretty girl who you know sleeps with everyone and you know to gain power and you know there, there's elements of those characters there but i think the, the way she writes them i think the the script is excellent the writing is, is really really strong yeah but that all the characters are kind of presented as three-dimensional real characters. Um, if you find that offensive or provocative, then, well, you know, I think that's, that's up to you. Yeah. Great stuff. And Greg, we'll ask you to quickly summarize the whole provocative argument. I don't think uh, provocative. I could see, look, there's, it, there's sex in it. There's people being nice to each other. There's people being ugly. It's a really human play. Everyone's yeah. very human in it. Um, if someone goes along and sees something, as Jane said exactly, maybe it's a mirror being held up to them and they see something that makes them uncomfortable, it, it's nothing outlandish. It's just probably a human flaw that they're seeing. And yeah. it's in all the characters, and I have to agree probably with, with Jane and Circuit, over the arc of the story are much stronger people than the, than the, well, most of the men anyway. Um, and the decisions they make are, if maybe the decisions where a man making them to play, maybe then they wouldn't be as provocative by that reviewer. I don't know. But um, no, certainly it's just, they're very human people. They're so well written. No one is ever written in just a straight line. We all have flaws, all the characters, um, but we all have some really good positive attributes because that's just human nature, you know? Um, Absolutely. 
and uh, yeah, no provocative. No, it, it's look, it's sexy, I think, at times, you know, um, but also there's some ugly moments as in mm-hmm. uh, the characters show ugly sides to themselves as well. Sure. So maybe, maybe we want to provoke people. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? If people were provoked, absolutely, listen to it, yeah, absolutely. I think it could, should, people should come away from something, especially in a play, any kind of play or any kind of piece of art, and yeah, you think. You know, yeah, you don't want it to be bland. You walk away. Kind of bland. Know, that, so, that, I didn't like that, that. wrapped up in a nice little bow at sure. the end. There, that was sweet. Yeah. So sure. Whether they like it or dislike it, and everyone's gonna like this. No, I think that that sums it up perfectly. I guess the bottom line is it's an honest play. It's it has a real life quality to it. It's quite contemporary, but you know, it's nothing outlandish. People will find some qualities in it that are likable and enjoyable yeah. and fun and and deep also and it's it's it really it, i think it ticks all the boxes i think Teresa rebecca really wrote a fantastic piece when i read it for the first time it really stood out to me and this was long before i was involved uh we were at a writer a readers group meeting and we were reading just plays and i think we read like three plays in a row and seminar was the last of the three we were tired by that time we were like oh because like we were there for like a few hours at that stage seminar just really i just remember reading it and just it was a page showing that it was funny I thought it was funny, you know, some of the dry wit, the dry humour, just some of the one-liners. I just thought, I really said that to me in a hot I hope no drama do this production. Little did I know. Be careful what you wish for. But, uh... Do you know what was funny, Sean? Do you know what's weird? I, I don't know if anyone else noticed this. Um, the first few times we did it, like, the comedy was, I don't mean obvious, but, you know, you could sure. see the, the comic moments in it. Sure. But the more we were doing it, the more so like how good the writing was and how yeah. every scene was just changing a viewpoint of a character or where the story was going to go and it, the writing is just incredible and the more we did it yeah. the more we really appreciated how good it was you yeah. know yeah oh definitely it developed itself it really is and it just flowed i couldn't believe how well it just flowed and you guys flowed especially over zoom and doing it remotely which we spoke about the challenges of that already but it just i don't know i think something someone was looking down on us when we were entered into this saga because it really just flowed so fantastic and i really can't wait again like we keep saying without giving too much away without giving too much away we really I don't, we don't want to spoil anything for the listeners because they are going to come away liking this play i, I know they are contemporary the play i think it's very yeah. kind of relevant for for now you know it doesn't Absolutely. feel like it was written in 2011 but yeah doesn't feel like that it, it feels like it could have been written yesterday you know yesterday. absolutely i think it's it's very kind of uh, relevant and uh, universal almost but at the same time it, it's it's not in a bland sense it, it just it, it just something just very relatable to it to the human connection people can relate to it i mean we've all had to deal with something or other when it comes to working relationships or romantic relationships or some kind of intertanglement of, of people in your lives whatever, whatever function it may be so I just think it is it is quite relatable. I'm just going to ask you some general questions now, guys, just, just with regards to acting in general. It doesn't even necessarily have to be about seminar. And I'll just ask you, I guess, when did you, well, when did you realize you wanted to become an actor or you were an actor? And what gave you the bug to want to perform? I'll start with you, Andre. When did I want to start acting? Yes. I know I never thought of myself as like someone who would be able to act. But then... I was I was living in, I remember I was living in Dublin like mm-hmm. about a year. Uh, I just finished college and I was sort of thinking, you know, well, what am I going to do with myself now? And I remember to a time I did a play in secondary school and transition year, and I was like, you know, that was actually a lot of fun. Maybe there's maybe there's something here I could uh, I could dig deeper with. And then I I found you guys. I found no drama mm-hmm. and went to the first workshop there and. Yeah, it was hooked. Then I knew it was like this is something I really want to keep doing, continue. And Very much so. I what went was the play to, you did in secondary school. It was the field. 
field. You did tell me that before, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was I was the, the businessman who came in to to buy land off off um underneath uh, the bull, the main character. Do you know what, Sean? I don't I I don't remember not wanting to do yeah. it. My parents said that like, you know, from a very young age, I was just dancing around to Bowie dressing up and just putting on shows for for people um so I was always just fascinated with performing whether it was kind of like music or dance or acting like just any sort of performance um it was where I felt very comfortable which can be a weird thought for like a young kid but uh, I think you know I was just bit I don't like the word different but you know it was how I expressed myself and it was where I felt the most comfortable which it's the idea of hell for some people, but it's where I, I felt I, I, I fit in. Yeah. I fit it in. And um, I was just fascinated with people and stories. Yeah. Just fascinated with like storytelling and, and meeting different people. Even when I was a kid, like I remember just being obsessed with the girl that was like from Australia. <laughs> she was just to our school. And I was just fascinated with her and her life. Like, Oh my God, imagine being her and playing all these parts and this thing. It just, um, it really did. It was something that I just, I just absolutely loved. And um, I always, I went to performing arts school and, and acting classes and then straight away just knew, I was like, this is a bit of me. <laughs> I love this. And then, of course, like, I got a part in a movie when I was 12. So I just assumed that I was going to be a star and this was just going to be this big film and it was famous people. I was like, oh, like on the set and everything was amazing like not just the acting like the cameras set design I was just like whoa oh my god this has to be my life forever which obviously like you're not going to get that <laughs> forever oh, I would in a roundabout like way you can you can still act and yeah still be theatrical yeah. And, and be involved in the arts I always say yeah. if you can't do it as a career do it as a hobby no of course still waiting for Evelyn too but uh, you know I always <laughs> did it <laughs> it could happen <laughs> and then I just went off. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to see what the crack is here, I'll just go to Hollywood or LA. So I was 19. I just went off on my own and uh, got the source of what it was going to be like. Didn't scare me. Loved that as well. And yeah, kind of like what I was saying, I just loved camera, film, theater, stories and becoming a person and portraying that person. I think it's like, but a lot like to play a lot of different parts in your very short life um I think that because I love life as well um and I just was like this is deadly like you can be a cowgirl you can be like something from a comic like it's just yeah I always just love it really still love it will always love it and like you kind of said there very much have come to terms with yeah you might not be on a set with Pierce Brosnan every time but I'll definitely do it forever like as, as long as I can you know Absolutely. no matter what it is my sort of earliest memory of kind of going, oh, yeah, maybe this acting arc is, I suppose I was about 10, I was in school, and we just sort of read out from a book. I think it was The Black Stallion was the book, whatever. And, um, yeah, I, I, was, I was kind of uh, quite quiet and I'm sort of being quite badly bullied at the time. And so I started to read, you know, the teacher would ask you to read mm-hmm. from this story and I started to kind of put in accents and, you know, it, it was a kind of a comic part in the in the book. And just that sort of silence descending on the room and knowing that you kind of have everyone's attention and interest. Sure. 
um, not even for yourself, but just yeah. that's the kind of a real power. And you can kind of transport people off into a, a different realm. And just the, the sort of power of that, just, you know, with the voice or, you know, you don't even need all the big kind of sets and costumes and all the rest. You can, once you have a kind of a, a performer and a spectator then then that's kind of it and so yeah I, normally you'd only be asked to sort of read for a few minutes but yeah the teacher kind of let me read on and so i was entertaining the class and yeah basically didn't get punched in the face that day so i kind of thought yeah i might might yeah the acting's good you if you do it and you don't get punched in the face then that must be a good thing so He's off in the end. Like, like that, you do a couple of school plays when you're younger or maybe we go to a summer project and you do a bit of drama when you're sort of 10 or 11. And there was always a thing whenever I did something like that where something sort of clicked and you're kind of, when you're just using your imagination and you're being this person or you're being whatever you're supposed to be and you're supposed to be doing this thing, I just found it not easy. I don't mean easy, but I found it very easy to, to get my imagination going, to, to, you know, to do the part or whatever. Then watching, I remember watching uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest when I was about twelve, and the scene where they're all sitting around uh, Jack Nicholson's first time in the hospital, yeah. and the, all the guys, all the patients, start arguing with each other. Yeah. And to watch that and think these are actors, these aren't really that you know way, uh, was just blew my mind. I was like, how did how do they do this? How are they doing that? Like it's so believable that they you know. Um, and that was it. And then I did a bit of radio when I was a teenager and we used to do write some sketches and perform and that. And um, then I was going to do a drama course in Ballyfermot when I left school. And then I didn't. I went and did IT, which was that because I couldn't even turn on a computer. And that was it. And then I just didn't have the confidence to go and do it. Everyone I knew that was doing drama or anything like that were, they were really self-confident. Like, you know, they had that real confidence. Sure almost sometimes a few of them border on, on arrogance a bit sure. and they were kind of good looking. And I just thought, okay, I just don't, if I go in there and I get laughed out of it, I'll never go back and do it again, you know? And then I was about sort of 35 and I thought, what am I waiting for? <laughs> this is something I've always wanted to do. I don't care if people laugh at you or if you fail. So what? Who cares? Just do it. Exactly. And I was it. I found no drama. I looked up online and they were in my old school. And I thought, well, that's a good omen. I went down and, the first workshop I knew I should have done this 20 years ago. What yeah. was I waiting for? Yeah. You know? And then the first, I was really lucky. I got into a play a few months after being there and being on stage the first couple of nights and hearing the audience react and getting that energy back to what was going on on stage. Like people gasping at something happening, sure. you know, because this fellow was murdered and whatever. And I just thought, okay, this, yeah. And like the circuit said, once you kind of do it, once you get that little bug, yeah, I'm never going to stop doing this. I'll do it on my own in the kitchen. I just look in the mirror, awesome. and, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that was it. Yeah, and I just have been so lucky ever since. No drama to get some great parts, and it's uh, and Martin again. Um, yeah, the more you do it, the more you want to do it. I think. So Andre, before I let you go, if you had to sum up seminar in one word, what's the word? That's a lot to ask of someone. Uh, one word. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever comes um, into your head, just say. <laughs> entertaining. Good man. Jane? Unapologetic. Lovely. John? Uh, one word. Yeah. Um, challenging. Greg? Lord. Talker. Honest. Okay. Honest. Oh, that's a good that's one. Yeah. Thanks again, guys, for joining me. People are going to come away. The audience are going to come away from seminar really enjoying it. I know they are. They're going to love it and they're going to find some endearing qualities. It's very charming. It's very it's illustrious and it really is a well-written piece. You're going to love it. Thanks to the guys again for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me on Court and Call.
Thank this evening. Sean, for having us. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Thank Sean. Sean, Thanks, can we just Sean. say before we go as well, real quick? Yes. Uh, huge thank you to you and Karina. I know Karina's not yeah. with us tonight. Yeah. For yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Be a part of this because I think we've all just had such a great few months working on this. And everyone here, like I really have, I'm so fond of everyone here just working on this, which even though we haven't met, you know, so that shows how I think the hard work that's been put in by everyone, you and Karina, and just Karina as director was just amazing. And thank you to the two of you for giving us a chance to. Well, thank you thank you guys you're very welcome but yeah. thanks to you guys as well we wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys and your ability to act so well and perform so well and what you brought to the table so really really nice thank you very very much a big thank you to andre sorka jane greg and john for sitting down and joining me for court and call i really appreciate it please do check out seminar when it is available to stream next weekend the 17th 18th and 19th of june you are going to like it it is a fantastic piece it's a really well written play and keep an eye on no drama's website the social media outlets as well for further details you can go to eventbrite and look up seminar and get the ticket to stream it for those three days if you wish to do so don't forget to check out our online workshop as well if you are interested myself and karina will be hosting it this tuesday night at 7 p.m we look forward to seeing you there and just keep an eye on the socials for all upcoming no drama plays as well not only seminar we have some exciting stuff like shindigs and other productions coming up over the summer holidays as well and you're going to enjoy those too Big thanks to the guys and Karina again for sitting down with me for our two-part seminar conversation last week. We had Karina check that out on the streaming platforms as well. Please do not forget to check out seminar as well. We put a lot of hard work into it and we know the audience is going to really enjoy it as well. Once again, if you would like to send in a play, radio play script for review, we will be happy to look it over. You can send that to contact at nodramadehater.com and you can check out the socials for all upcoming endeavours with no drama we have nothing more to say please stay safe keep yourselves well and until next time peace out